0: Hi everybody, great to see you. I never know because I'm sitting on the front row, I never know who's here until I stand up here. So hi, nice to see you all. Really great to have you this morning. Uh, Yeah, My name is Philippa, I'm part of the team here at St Paul Shadwell uh, and I love it. I love that we get to gather like this every week. I know that so many of us say this from the front every week but I feel like it needs saying again every time. I love that we get to gather like this, I love that we get to come together and to worship together and to lead one another, to encourage one another to hear from God uh, and to push into what he's saying to us, I love it, I love it and um, I'd love it if the kids got to experience that same thing too Um, and we all need to rally around them to make this kids ministry happen so I just want to echo what Phil said, please come chat to me if you're up for hanging out with some of our amazing kids uh, downstairs. We are launching a new series today uh, called Brave and uh, I'm very excited about this series. Um, I'm particularly excited about this series because uh, we are going to be journeying through the book of joshua together um, as we explore this series together um, and joshua as you'll see as we unfold over these next few weeks is a character who i've journeyed with for a long time um, so maybe this is a bit self-indulgent of a series uh, but i'm really excited about what god's got to say to us during this series um, and the reason why it's called brave will become apparent to us as we go through we're really going to look to learn together from the character of Joshua we're going to learn about his leadership we're going <clears> to <throat> excuse me we're going to learn about the way that he commands the israelites <clears throat> excuse me um as they move into the promised land so to give you a bit of context Joshua i don't know how much you know about Joshua uh, let's go right back to the beginning and let me help you figure out who Joshua is if you don't know So let's go back to Abraham for a minute. Uh, God chose Abraham. Do you remember? Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. Remember him? Remember that guy? Look look what's about to happen. This is nice. Thanks very much. Um, So God chose Abraham and then Abraham's family to become the people of Israel, his people. And then, this is cutting a very long story short, but then he, um, they become enslaved people in Egypt. And then through Moses, God rescues his people from Egypt and brings them out into the wilderness. And that's where we find ourselves here at the beginning of Joshua. Uh, the people of Israel are camping outside the land that God had promised to them for generations and they're waiting to go in to the promised land. Moses calls the people in that context to continue to obey God's commands. So they're camping outside the land and they're waiting to go into the promised land and Moses has just passed just died and passed on his leadership to Joshua. So the book of Joshua starts there. But before that, before the book of Joshua even starts, before Joshua had even officially taken on his ministry, he'd already been chosen and he'd already been anointed as the person who would do that, as the person who would take over leadership from Moses. And Israel are now there, ready and waiting, in a position where they're going to enter into the promised land, just as God said would happen under the guidance of Joshua. And so they are living, and this is what I want to talk about today, the people of Israel and Joshua as a leader are living in the context of God's promise. And we know, because we have the beauty of hindsight in scriptures, we know that Joshua is going to be a really great leader. We know that from what we've read. Moses, uh, before he died, asked the Lord... Lord, who should it be? Who should I pass on my leadership to? And the Lord tells Moses to choose Joshua because he is a man in whom is the spirit of leadership. It's a pretty great job reference, isn't it, from the Lord himself. Choose Joshua because he is the man in whom is the spirit of leadership. So that's the context, that's where we're at. The people are waiting, they're camping outside in the wilderness, ready to cross over the River Jordan and enter the promised land under the context of this promise that God has made. So why don't we turn to Joshua chapter one. It's always a good idea to read from the Bible together, isn't it? So Joshua chapter one, verse one. After the death of Moses the servant of the Lord. The Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, And from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. And no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you'll cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. Today I wanted to talk a bit about being brave in the context of a promise. And I wonder, have you ever lived in the context of waiting for a promise to come true, waiting for something that someone has said to happen? If you've uh, been married or if you've walked with others who have been married, you'll know that there's that weird time between getting engaged and actually getting married where And it can end up being a relatively long time, depending on how uh, keen or not so much you are as you make preparations. But it's a strange time in a lot of ways, isn't it, where you're living in the context of a promise that you've made to each other and in the promises that you're about to make to each other. It's kind of an in-between time. You're living, waiting to make commitments to one another that you know you're going to make. And you kind of go about your daily life just doing your thing. And then every now and again, it just hits you in the face. Oh my gosh, this is about to happen to me. I'm about to make these huge commitments, these huge promises. Or maybe similarly, it's a bit like when you go for a job interview and you are successful and you get the job, but the job hasn't started yet. And you kind of live in this strange uh, limbo land. And if anyone asks you, like, what do you do for a living? You kind of are like, hmm, well... I'm waiting to do this thing that someone has said yes for me to do, but I'm just not quite doing it yet. And I wonder if that's a little bit how Joshua might have been feeling in this incredible moment where Moses has died. He's passed his leadership on to Joshua. And Joshua is waiting in the context of this promise that God has made. You know, here we find him right at the beginning of his time as a leader of the people of Israel. This isn't like a whirlwind romance kind of situation where, you know, you've got engaged and married very quickly. This isn't a quick job interview where you need to start the next day, whichever analogy you prefer. Uh, Moses has died and Joshua knows and has known for a long time that it's going to be his job to get the Israelites to cross over the River Jordan into the land that has been promised to them. And Joshua, like I said, has known for some time that this was going to be his job. That's been spoken over him. This isn't news to him. And the people, the Israelites, they've known that too. They've known this is what Joshua is going to do. And all of them have been waiting for this for literally generations of their people. They've been living in the context of a promise. And God gives this incredibly clear and specific promise to Joshua as he calls him into his ministry. This is what God says. I will give you every place where you set your foot. I'll give you every place where you set your foot. And then God tells Joshua exactly where the boundaries are of that place, that, where it, he will go. And then he says this, No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. And then he says this, I'll be with you and I will never forsake you. Can we just stop a minute on those incredible promises that God has just made? Everywhere you step, everywhere your footsteps, I will give you. No one will come against you and I will be with you incredible things what a blessing you've just stepped into a leadership role for the first time and God says don't worry don't worry about it everywhere you step your foot everywhere you step your foot it's yours no one will come against you and I'll be with you I'll never leave you and yet what's the next thing that God says be strong and courageous be brave That's what this whole series is about. Be brave, be strong and courageous. And that is something that is said to Joshua and that Joshua says many, many times during his leadership. Why? The Lord God has just said, I'm going to do it. I will give you every place you set your foot. I will fulfil everything you were born to do. Everything Moses trained you to do. And not only that, but I'll be with you and I won't ever leave you. But still, the Lord commands you to be brave, to be strong and courageous. And it's that command, it's that command that this whole series is built on. This whole thing is all about over these next few weeks. When God commands Joshua to be strong and courageous, to be brave, what, what does he mean? What does that look like? I don't know, maybe some of you might have had this experience as well, but I've received this scripture, be strong and courageous, as an encouragement a lot. Uh, When people have prayed for me, you know, when I've been training for ministry, when I was launched into different things, often people have said, oh, I just want to encourage you, be strong and courageous. And if I'm honest, I was always a bit annoyed by that. I'm kind of frustrated by that, especially because it's a command. Like you're, You're telling me, just be strong. Just be courageous. Just be brave. As you go into this thing that you don't know how to do, that you've never done before, that you've got no clue what's going to happen, just be strong. Just be courageous. Just be brave. Have you ever had that experience? Have you ever had someone say that to you? Just, come on. Just be brave. But I don't feel brave. (laughs) I don't feel brave. I don't feel like sometimes I can get myself out of bed in the morning to get this stuff going. So why are you telling me to be brave? And even worse, why are you telling me that God tells me to be brave? That means I have to. Even though I know, even though I know that I'm continuing to walk into what God calls me into, even though I know that he is with me, sometimes that isn't enough to just fill me with that bravery that maybe I hoped would just pop up one day in my heart. But, and you're hoping I would say but, weren't you? Thankfully, when we look again at what God says to Joshua, this is his full instruction. Be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Joshua isn't just commanded by God to be brave and get on with it. What bravery looks like, and this is what this whole series is going to be about. What bravery looks like is staying close to the word. Staying close to the word of God. Staying close to what God has said. It says meditating on it all day, every day, and obeying God what it says. And then God says, you'll be prosperous and successful. Psalm 1 says this, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season. Being brave for Joshua. And as we go through, you'll see him do this. Looked like sticking close to the law, sticking near to what God said. And as we explore the story of Joshua more, God asks Joshua and the Israelites through him to do all sorts of stuff that must have felt weird, that must have felt strange, that maybe wasn't their initial inclination for what they should be doing, that maybe wasn't quite what they pictured when they pictured going into the land and taking battle. There's all these things, and you'll see as we go through, if you haven't read Joshua before. And yet what they find is that when they stick with God, when they follow his commands, when they stick with his word, they prosper, just like God has said. And what's interesting as well is I think, I think that there's something about doing this in community as well. The, what it says in the scripture is, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Not not always on your mind, but always on your lips. You know, uh, all these thousands of years ago, it was almost unheard of to read in your head. There wasn't this idea of uh, going away to have my personal quiet time, meditating on the law, sticking with the word of God day and night. Is something to be done in community. The word of the Lord being on our lips, speaking to one another about God's goodness reminding one another of who he is and what he's done. That's what it looks like to meditate together on the word. And that's so much more effective as well when we do that in community, when we do that together, when the word is on our lips, all of our lips, our collective lips, when it becomes the message of who we are as a people. When as, if someone was to say like, who are those guys? Who's the St. Paul Shadwell? What are they about? It's that we are people who have the word of the Lord on our lips and we follow closely with what he says. That's what it looks like to be brave. Being in the word together. And this is all relevant us as well, isn't it? You know, the story of the Israelites thousands of years ago, but this is all relevant for us today as well. For people like you and like me who seek to follow Christ and be close to him, who choose the ways that he, want us, he wants us to live, to live our lives. I really think that this is a word for us today as well because this is how we live out our Christian faith, isn't it? This is how we kind of wrestle with the tension of what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus because we know, because we're people who love and know and follow him, we know that Christ has done it. Jesus has done it. He's already defeated death. He's already silenced sin. We know that he's brought us to life in him when before we were full of sin and shame and we were sick and we were dead, we know that he's brought us to life with him. And we know that we couldn't do that by ourselves. We know that we couldn't pull ourselves out, but we know that Jesus has done everything necessary that we might be pulled out and brought to life. We know that. And yet when we see life around us, it's still just so full of horror and sickness, and death, and disease. And it still feels like it takes us remarkable bravery to continue to live in the faith and the knowledge and the love of Christ. And even more so, not to just know that, but to step out into the call on our lives to do the things that God has called us to do, to do the things that we were born to do by him. I wanted to remind us of the words of the Great Commission in Matthew 28. These are commissioning words that Jesus speaks to his followers, that Jesus speaks to us after he is resurrected. It says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely here it is again, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Isn't that incredible? Isn't it incredible how similar those words are that Jesus spoke compared to the words that God spoke to Joshua? Jesus is basically saying the same thing to his disciples, to us. He's saying, go out into the land. Go out into the land wherever you place your foot, it's yours, and I will be with you. I won't leave you. Just like God said to Joshua, God is saying to us today, I believe, to each one of us, He's saying, I'll give you every place where you set your foot. I will give you every place where you set your foot. Let's just pause for a minute. Where are the places where your feet go? Where are the places where your feet tread on a weekly basis? You know, the streets that you live on, your workplace, your university, your home, your neighbourhood, the park, the school gate. Where is the place where you tread your feet? Because I believe that when Jesus commissioned us and that when uh, God commissioned Joshua to the people of Israel, he was saying, I'm going to give you those places. In fact, I have given you those places. I've given you the authority already by everything that I've done to go and be salt and light, to go and be Jesus in those places that people might see me. That's what the story of the Israelites was all about really. Creating a people who would show the rest of the world what what God was like. But now we get to be those people, individuals and together, out in the world, sent out. And God is saying, I will give you every place where where you tread your feet. And I'll be with you. We need to be brave enough to step into that, don't we? But let's remember that bravery, it doesn't always look like being strategic or making big plans. It doesn't even, you'll be glad to know, look like fundraising. It doesn't look like putting on a brave face. It doesn't look like just pulling up our boots on and getting on with it and gritting our teeth. It looks like being a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season. It looks like tenaciously committing together to meditating on the word of God, to drawing close to what God says in community, you know, in family, amongst us together. It looks like being obedient to him. It looks like following his ways and it looks like daring to wait, daring to just worship, to be patient, daring to pray, daring to wait for his command, which might not look like what we expect it to look like and only going, because Joshua does go, only going at his signal when he says it's time to go and then we go. Why don't we stand together?